You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, we invite your apprehensive listeners. Welcome to the Afro Existential Podcast, a play and podcast in one. We're your hosts, Blaine Sparks Teamer and Indira Wilson. And for the next 25, give or take minutes, we ask you to take a moment. Ladies and gentlemen. And think outside your box. Ladies and gentlemen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Afro X Plus, a new bonus edition of the Afro Existential Podcast. Hello, everyone. Now, in our earlier interviews, we asked our guests if they had any advice for people who are thinking of moving to Los Angeles that we thought we put them together for you and kind of the best of. Exactly. And and it got me thinking, you know, if I had any advice for people moving to LA to to be an artist or just move to LA because, you know, they want to get the hell out of their hometown <laughs> or just Ohio. This is the only hope you have. But well, but first let me ask, Blaine, do you have any? I have a lot of advice, but I don't think anyone would take it or use exactly. it. So my advice is not to give advice. Oh, how interesting because you're only really wasting the oxygen in your life. I follow your advice to the letter. If you're moving out here, my first advice is to not come out here by yourself, to move out here and crash with somebody you know. To not make it about, I gotta find a place, I gotta have an apartment, like crash with somebody, slip them some money, put food in their refrigerator and get the lay of the land from somebody else's house that you know and use that as kind of a reconnaissance of figuring out what area works for who you are. Every word is true, I swear it. Which is very, very important. I cannot imagine being that young and just coming out and not having like a tribe of people that I knew to kind of acclimate me to Los Angeles. I moved in with my uncle and aunt and got to live there for a number of months, which if you can do that, do that. If you can't, really save up your money and come come out here with a very focused plan to find housing. Because honey, you can find yourself homeless doing porn out here, like in a blink of an eye. (laughs) Which goes back to how we met, but that's the story for, that's a whole nother story. For another day. Another day. More obscene than any monstrosity you can think of. My next piece of advice is in regards to preparing to move and moving to Los Angeles. So my advice would be to utilize the resources that you have where you are while you are preparing to move. People set their eyes on these large cities, New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles, and they start to take for granted the resources that they have to learn, to gain experience. Like if you are an actor, there's a theater everywhere, you know, within an hour of where you live. There are colleges everywhere that need to shoot student films. Hell, right now you could probably put together a good old TikTok reel and <laughs> or make your own content while and developing yourself as an artist while you're preparing to move, you know. Right, and right, but right, right. and but and what's really key is that you prepare to move. A lot of people, they get it. I know how it is when you're in a small town and you feel, you're feeling very anxious about your dreams and your life and if life is ever going to start. But it is imperative to spend the, instead of coming out here and, and, and you know, what is it, 
floundering around for a year while you tried to, you know, learn how to tie your shoes, you would do better to tie your shoes while your mama was still around the corner and she could still feed you on Sunday. You got to do your research on rental costs, figure out what a monthly budget would be and work towards saving at least five months of that. Cause it takes at least five full months just to get your damn bearings of where you are. What are you going to do downtown? And my biggest piece of advice about preparing to move here and when people do this, they, they do thank me, is that you should get a job in your hometown that transfers to Los mm. Angeles. Now, career-wise, do you have any advice, Blaine? Yes. I have one. I would say whatever it is that you have that makes you the big fish wherever you are, you need to understand when you get here, there will be 10,000 other people from all over the world that have that same thing. Mm -hmm. So you need to really find out what else you have that will make you useful. Mm -hmm. Because you cannot be dependent on your looks, your talent, um, all those things can be pluses, but you're going to have to have something else to carry along while you're waiting for that opportunity to happen. And can I tell you why? Another reason why that's important, it's because when you get out here and you find out that 10,000 people sing better, look better, tap dance, uh, multi-hyphenate, you know, and they, and they daddy runs the studio. When you right. find that out and their daddy's paying their bills, when you find that out, it's important just pre-know that so you don't come out here and get just so disappointed that you go home. Right. You know, because that thing that was making you so special at home made probably your sparkle at home a lot easier. You know, it was easier to sparkle. And we confuse that the difficulty that your sparkle out here doesn't do all that much. We confuse that with, oh, maybe we should quit. Maybe I'm not special enough to do it. And you are. The fact that you want to do it. You're special enough to do it, in my opinion. Every word is true. I swear. In terms of going out and being an actor is never having the mindset that I'm competing with anybody else for a part and trusting the parts that I get. Those are the ones I was meant to get. And the ones that I don't get, that was meant for somebody else. Because if I ever step into that mindset of, that guy took my part. Who, who this man around right trying to take my job? Then you stay in that negative energy. You got to stay in a place of trusting the roles that you get you got to be real with yourself and to not always try to be that younger past version of yourself. You got to mm. create yourself from where you are and go after the roles that reflect who you are. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's why you got to have friends because friends will tell you the truth. It makes it easier to do what must be done. And also have a long-term plan. Don't think that it's going to happen overnight. If you don't love it, if you're, if you're after something else, this is not the career for you because it's a marathon. It is not a sprint. Mm -hmm. And if you, don't have the fuel to keep going, to keep getting up every day, to navigate the nose, because you're going to get nose, you know, choose something else. And, and that's totally cool. You have to believe me. But I think that the thing that you have to have that's different from a lot of people is you have to have persistence. It's persistence. Yes, exactly. I think it's tenacity. I think it's, it's knowing who you are, knowing what you will do and what you won't do, being tenacious enough to not give up and looking at other people who have achieved, achieved success and discerning what they did or, you know, breaking it down into steps that you could possibly follow for yourself. Exactly. Even though the, the, the game is rigged and against them, how did they do it? And trying to model your actions based on other success stories. So you just keep trying different this things. This is the only hope you have. And, and the front door hardly is, is almost never going to open up for you. 
What are other ways that I can get into the doors? Obviously, I need to create something. So let me do that and let me create things on my terms. All that's been explained leads to one conclusion. Be someone that loves to contribute to someone else's project and help. And that's how you'll keep building and build your network, value people. While we're touching on that, I want to say the box seats experience, getting to do kind of a, a table read in front of an audience was really fantastic. Oh, uh, thank so you so to get to do and, and play on stage and, and the dialogue getting laughs from the audience. That was, that was a treat. That was, I was so grateful to get to play around in that. The art of appreciation is lost in this world of dog eat dog. Thank you hopefully, so much. Hopefully after, hopefully that'll be the next one, Blaine, of uh, the play yes, series. it must be done. And it must be done more than once. I'm very inspired by this new wave of trying to tell your everyday story, which is another reason why I love this piece. So my career advice would be networking, 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 networking. This mm -hmm. town is 199% about who you know. And we're taught that that's a bad thing. But I believe that it is actually a very good thing because people are open to the fact that you're staying in touch with them, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like from the very first person that you meet, that person, let's even say the people that you went to college with, mm -hmm. or when you come out here and you do that student film, Mm -hmm. those people in 10 years are going to be directing major motion pictures. Exactly, right? yeah. And keeping in touch with those people, it's something that I'm trying to improve all of the time because it can feel very disingenuous. And we come from these places that networking is just not part of the culture. You know, when we're moving from our hometowns, often you move out here before you're in business, before you're involved in creating networks and learning how to use your network. So you have right. to be aware that it's something that you have to learn how to do and yes. honestly sort of develop the stomach for, because I think that it is, uh, feels weird at first to be uh -huh. reaching out to someone that you're not necessarily trying to be their friend, friend, Right. you're trying to be a colleague, you're trying right. to be a, you know, a, a producing partner and it takes us it, it and if for but we're used to only reaching out for people because we really to people because we really like them because we want to get to know them not because we want something from them that's meant that's bad you know but someone taught me that the one of the first keys of networking is being is reaching out to give mm, that's awesome always reaching out to give so even when you're reaching out to say hey how are you right learning what they're doing even if you don't have a direct give mm -hmm. you always let them know what you're doing and saying if you need anything let me know right you right know? right that's so awesome that would be my networking rule number one always network to give that's fantastic i called it i have it on my list too i call it your class so whenever you come out and start you are of that class meaning if you come out now you're the class of 2020 so you're going to be starting like you said with a group of people who are just starting in the class of 20 this is your freshman year whenever you do a project whatever it is you want to pull, you, you have to be able to rely on the people that you're enlisting. Okay, it's hard to take chances out here because very often when you're doing a project, A, you don't have a lot of time, but then also you don't have a lot of wiggle room for it to be right or wrong. Right. You need people you can trust. Yes. Because everybody, which I've learned, which I wish I knew 15 years ago, that everybody is afraid for their job. Everybody is afraid for their job and everybody is scared to take a chance on you because you might make them look bad.
But part of that um, trust comes with you keeping up with people and letting them know that you're progressing, that you're developing, that you are continuing to work, that, you know, and, and, and going back, I just had a thought in regards to the idea of your reaching out to people with a no, notion of giving, giving your talent is a give, you know, but right. my talent is you can, intr- you can trust me because I am continuing to work on myself. I'm continuing to improve. I've, I've booked these other things here. Please have a look and see, you know, you can utilize right. me right. With, right. in the things that you need. Right. You know what I mean? You got to know why you're doing this. I will add to that, and this is probably especially for people who want to be actors, performers, you need to really ask yourself this question, do you want to be a star, do you want to be an actor, or do you want to work? Mm -hmm. Because those can be very different things. Mm -hmm. And you may automatically go, well, I want to be all of those things. Mm -hmm. And if you look at it, if that's what your answer is, that's a very small, small category. Maybe there are people who are two, mm-hmm. um, but usually all three is, is different. I and- tell people all the time, to Blaine's point, is you do have to ask yourself, what are you coming out here for? I always ask people, do you want to work or do you want to be famous? That's always my thing. Because if you yeah. want to be famous, I, I say, put have no shame in your game and go get on a reality show. But you have to show me how. <laughs> And know what your strength is. Know what your strengths are. And know what your weaknesses are. Also show them that that they need you. Show them that you have something different that they don't have already. That's another way of looking at it. Like, what am I bringing to the table that's completely different than what everybody else is bringing out there? You know what I mean? I want to be the next Denzel. Who, who's this man right trying to take my job? No, because we already got one of those. What, what does Sean Carter Peterson bring that Denzel don't bring? Mm-hmm. He's so right. busy trying to be what you think they want you to be. They don't know you. They don't know what you can bring to the table. Only you know what you can bring to the table. And if you have anything that you're hiding from them, you're not going to make it. I'm not like them other dudes. What are you going to do downtown? You have to always know how much nuisance you're worth. It makes it easier to do what must be done. Like, is the talent or the relationships or whatever you have worth the nuisance? I, I know what my nuisance value is. I know that my work is 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 exceptional, that I'm going to bring something. I guarantee And it. I also know that I'm replaceable. You can always replace me, but you're not going to have me and that thing that I bring. And I think each of us has this thing that is so unique that only we can break it. And people have to decide if it's worth all of you to have that thing. And as much as everybody was hating me and wanting me gone, once I brought what I brought, now they was mad that, oh, this bitch, this is a contender. (laughs) Now they was mad, you know, they had written me off. Now they was mad that I wasn't, you couldn't write me off. Look at me. What do you see? (laughs) Literally through the rest of that time, it was, they they hated me. It was like, I get terrible notes. It was like, you know, I, it was bad. And when they were coming to Broadway, they weren't going to take me. Mm. I had to come in an audition and I was like, I don't want to audition for that. And that was one of those times we were talking about when you don't know what to do, like, how do you find out? And I said that if I'm in a situation and I'm stuck and my mind only sees like, these are my options and none of those options will get me what I want. I will find somebody I know who just sees the world in a way that I totally don't see it, who does things that I don't do and say, now what, what's your thing? 
And that person for me is Charlene Woodard. And she has, you know, changed my life three, three gigs. And she was like, Tanya, that's your job. That's your gig. Now you can't let them say she wouldn't even come in and audition. You need to go in there and you need to audition and you need to go in there and take your job. And I was like, oh, Charlene, I mean, why I got to audition for a part of it? Girl, go in there and get your job. (laughs) So, you know, I did what Charlene told me to do because that was not what my mind was. My mind was like, fuck them. They want me to come and audition. I already did this part. I got the receipts and the reviews. And then I got fired four or five more times. <laughs> and then Gregory Hines, you know, didn't speak to me publicly for the whole time. So I think that was when I realized, oh, I might have some nuisance value. Look at me. What do you see? So the last bit of advice that Lane and I discussed and that a lot of the people we interviewed tapped into or talked about was really centered around self-care. And self-care-wise, Lane, what do you think is the most important thing for your self-care when you move out here? I don't think I knew what that was when I moved out here. I don't know if I have a good understanding of what it is now. (laughs) What I've done... And between to survive is, is that I did a lot of therapy and that was very helpful and insightful. And I would highly recommend it to, uh, it's so accessible out here. And also got involved with a um, church or spiritual community which really kind of helped me, both of those things helped me gain a proper perspective mm-hmm. of the world that I was kind of living in and how to manage manage all that was kind of happening mm-hmm. to me. Because first of all, your family may not be out here and your friends may be some of the people that are causing you to want to go into therapy <laughs> as well as your family. <laughs> so you can't talk to them. All therapists are not going to be a good fit. If you can find the right person. The honest answer is that I don't remain balanced. It's, it's, it's having an awareness that when you get out of balance, what, what you need to, to take care of yourself. And, and one of the things that I need is definitely family time or, or time with close friends where it's not about the rat race. What have you gotten? Where have you gotten to? This is going to be true no matter where you live there are going to be people who are disingenuous. That's a fact. Who are judgmental, who are elitist. I have found that everywhere I've lived. So none of that is particular to Los Angeles. That's a fact. And regardless of where you live, but especially if you're moving here, I think you really have to be grounded in yourself and you have to have developed a sense of discernment about people. That's a fact. Because it's going to be very important to build a circle of people who are like-minded philosophically and uh, who you know are genuine. I've always kept my my friends around me. Indira and I, we've been friends for, I don't even know. 20 years, 20 years at least. years, because we were five. (laughs) Take it easy, it's not that funny. But I think it's just a matter of really remembering the love, staying close to the things that I love, the people that I love, and keeping that, that, the circle is, it's, it's, it's a tight circle. It's very tight. It's tight, mm-hmm. tight, tight. And even my children, you know, curating their, their lives too. 
and, and, and who they're around and just trying to instill the love in them also because I was scared to have kids in LA. I'm from New York. I didn't want to have any LA kids. I mean, talking to me like that. And I just did. <laughs> but I was like, it's my responsibility to put the authenticity in them. That means that we may have to drive over to the cool things or to the culture, whatever it is that we have to do to stay grounded in who we are. I'm a black woman and I live in Los Angeles and I had to find the people who are like me. I know what you mean. Exactly. Just don't, don't give up on yourself. Uh, you got to believe in you before anybody else is going to believe in you. So you got to love on yourself. You got to know what you need to get yourself up every morning. And so take some time to learn about yourself. What are the things that you need to refill your, your, your energy? If you're, if you're a cell phone, how, how do you plug in and recharge? Know, mm. know that and be able to set that up for yourself so that you can recharge yourself. It's going to drain you. Now pull yourself together. Uh, like, like we're talking about in terms of Afro existentialism, the game is stacked against you. And you've got to figure out your, your ninja way, your Jedi way to flip the script and be recharging yourself when they think they're draining you down. Listen to me. I've got an idea. Don't ask any questions. Just do exactly as I said. Now, for anybody who doesn't know what a Korean spa is, it is a place where you go that has multiple types of saunas and baths and like an ice 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 cold bath ice water bath yeah and then like a, a hot like hot, boiling hot and in between you get these hard hard hand mitts and you scrub all the dead skin off of you not into the pools because if you get into that pool dirty somebody might slap you you got to take a right. bath for you right just interject about that because my experience used to be burke williams oh right right and burke williams is just like it's just plush and lush and someone escorts you in and they know your name and you get your own locker and this is your locker and you know you get your own robe and then you wait into a room and there's cucumber water and these are your slippers and are you ready now or you go into your own private room and it's dark and quiet there's ambient music and it's just absolutely fabulous and so i went to the korean spa and they were like here's your keys well what do we do now very bizarre and you do come out very relaxed and very raw of any dead skin off of your body. Because right. if you're very smart, you'll pay the $40, $50 to get someone else to scrub you. And woo, they don't leave a lick of old, of last year's skin nowhere on your body. I'm talking about from your hairline to your nostrils to the cracks of your toes. Fabulous. I want to go now. Oh, well, Blaine, that was such great advice. Hell, I need to take that advice. We both should take it. But like I said at the beginning of this, who listens to us? Who listens to our advice? Nobody. So. Nobody. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Is that the end? No. Give me a beat. I think the biggest thing here is traffic. And whatever time you are supposed to be there and whatever app you use that tells you what time you will be there, you need to add another, at least another 30 minutes to it.
minimum. I know what you mean. If you're moving here with a job already, live close to where you work. It may sound fun to live in Venice and you have a job in the Valley, but commutes take so much out of you and so much time. And you really need to ask yourself whether or not you're going to want to spend that much time in your car. There's always going to be traffic or you're going to get lost. Even with GPS, you're going to go the wrong way. What a strange place. When I moved here, it was so long ago, we used to have something called Thomas Guide. The Thomas Guide. The Thomas Guide. The thing that fascinated me, it was like a gigantic map that had been dissected and cut up into like (laughs) 200 pages. Right, right, right. And page A17 would connect with page Z19. So if you were going off the page on A17, you'd be driving and have to figure out where the hell that street started on Z19. Right. I wasn't smart enough to use the Thomas guy. I had a AAA map. (laughs) I wasn't. And I was too cheap (laughs) to spend the $30 that it cost. I was like, $30? I got AAA. I got AAA. (laughs) Get off at Route 9. Make a left and go straight down the road. If it was anything more complicated, you just didn't go. You just didn't go. You could be (laughs) killed. Didn't nobody send you that far. This is a big city. It's a city that is really comprised of about 100 cities. And in LA, they like to act like it's all just one damn city. Like there are fires burning here. And I got family calling me wondering if I'm on fire. And that fire ain't nowhere near me, but on national news, it says Los Angeles. What a strange place. I know what you mean. So I think that you have to lean in and know that it's going to be different than anywhere else in the world you could Mm -hmm. ever live. So you get all the cultural events, you get all the the concerts, not that we'll ever be able to go to any of that stuff again, but... It's ethnically diverse. It's beautiful. You know, you really can ski in the morning and go to the beach. Beach and surf. And surf. Although we have done none of those things. No. No. (laughs) Because once you go and ski, I'll be ready to go home. It's cold. I'm tired. Oh, my God. Do you know how long a drive that is? I don't have a Thomas guy. (laughs) How am I going to get there? (laughs) It's too far. That's a job for Tarzan. Well, guys... Thank you so much for joining us on the Afro X Plus edition of the Afro Existential Podcast. We really appreciate your listenership, and we hope that you'll join us next week for episode four of Dead Wake. A journey in Afro existentialism. You can find us on Instagram at Afro X Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook at Afro X Podcast. And always, please go to our website at www.afroxpodcast.com. And you can find us as well on the Broadway Podcast Network, as well as a plethora of additional podcasts that talk about theater. If you're a theater lover. So again, thank you guys for joining us. Have a great day on purpose. Ladies and gentlemen. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 